We now welcome to the show David Lowe from David Lowe Wines. Good morning to you, David, as I just go to unmute him. How's that? That's perfect. There we go. There we go. Good morning, David. Here you go, Simon. I'll take this one away. Morning, Please. David. Thank you for joining us from no uh, from Mudgee. I actually don't think we've had uh, someone from Mudgee on for for quite a long time. It's um mm. it's quite exciting. And David, the uh, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to get you on, for one, I know your wines very, very well, and uh, you, you also know my sister and her husband who live in Mudgee. Um, but I, I, I would love to uh, get the take on now that, uh, that things are beginning to open up, and I can only imagine that Mudgee is going to, uh, or probably already is, getting quite smashed with visitors on the weekends. How's all that going? I sure is. We've gone from zero to 100 miles an hour, as like we did last time. I'm sure it's the same in Victoria where those regions two or three hours from Sydney, it's a place of choice because uh, they can't go anywhere else. It's the same message. And which and how do we manage it? Well, hospitality is under enormous pressure now. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. And, of course, you, you don't only have the cellar door, um, which is gorgeous, but you also have your restaurant, the Zin House, and I can imagine that's fully booked out constantly. Yes, Yes, that's right. It, it's it's uh, marvellous that we can project what's going on. It's easy for shifts so you can balance the needs of customers and your staff. And we have a bakery as well. That's going really well. I think I think the, the message for all of us has been if we're doing a quality job, if we're taking care with hospitality and customers, the rewards are terrific. And I think everybody's pretty pleased to come out and see what's happening in the country, in Victoria, in New South Wales, in Queensland, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. And look, not to touch on it too much, but um, but what what were you actually doing uh, during during the lockdown? I mean, you, you obviously didn't have the cellar door open, but you're still producing the grapes, and you're still having a great vintage out there. So, so how are you spending your days? What we learned from the last one was that we lost, we were in danger of losing a lot of our staff if we stood them down because there wasn't any work, and we'd spend a lot of time recruiting the best people. If we had done this again, we're in danger of losing them forever. And the, the cost of getting the right people in the right place and the messaging and education was critical. So we we made projects for them. So we built a huge smokehouse out of a four and a half thousand litre cask. We yeah. built this enormous hearth in front of the restaurant with a big fireplace and umbrellas so we could have 50 people even doing yoga or, or um, health fitness work in front of the restaurant. We did a lot of grounds work. We developed our food business. So we uh, developed our animal and sh sheep and cattle business, moving on to pigs. Uh, we did a lot of things around the place just to improve it. And we got everybody who wasn't perhaps comfortable doing that outside. And they worked outside with us, kept kept all our staff on. Yeah, good. Well, that, that's that's fantastic. That's uh, being a... Being very versatile and working with working with the times, but now let's talk about your wines. And I I do know your wines very well. I've been drinking them for many years. Um, I know my sister and her husband are out there at least every second or third weekend. You do have a a, a specifically beautiful. I I personally think it's probably the, the most beautiful um a winery out in Mudgee for for the setting. You know, to grab your bottle of wine, you have these magnificent hampers, all different styles, and it's all an extremely relaxed environment. And it seems like all the whole weekend, Saturday and Sunday, all day is just this myriad of people going heading on down towards the, the little dam area, just sitting around having a lovely like family picnic. So that's the sort of style that you that you have. And um, do you think that that style also sort of melds through into some of the wines that you create? Is 
is yours a very relaxed community, lovely sort of paced approach? Well, it came about from my transformation as being a frenetic, crazy, interventionist winemaker a long time ago, straight out of college and thought I could do everything to something more holistic and a bit low intervention. So we call it slow winemaking. And we used our natural advantages of having a hill and slope and, and our position in the in the area to try and enhance the experience. So when someone arrives, they, they drive through um, the vineyards and, and different fruits and vegetables or gardens. And the messaging is more about what we stand for, not that we have a sign and we're branded. Mm. Our branding comes from being in a position where you can see everything around you, you draw in the you draw in the environment, the smells, which is akin to what happens with wine. So when you come into the winery, you, you see that we stand for our form of agriculture, which is uh, organic and biodynamic. We don't irrigate a whole lot of low intervention stuff. And then we try to get everyone to settle down and calm down and, and relax. And that the environment around us is telling us everything, our messaging. It's not about we have this wine up on the, on the counter. It came about looking at what Steve Jobs did with the Apple stores, which is not that you have computers, it's what you do with computers are important. So we said, if we've got wine, it must, it's what we do with wine that's critical. So we'd spend time talking about what you, how you store it, how you serve it, what food you have it with, how to read a label. That stuff was more important than telling people their tasting notes. It's got this tannin and this acid. Yeah. I find that just boring, and I'm sure the customers do too. And then most of the time they probably don't really totally understand it anyway. Yeah. So one is just one of those, as my old boss used to say, it's just alcohol and water. <laughs> <laughs> With a little bit of something in between. Yeah. Well, for, for the people who don't know that much about Mudgy Wines, I'm sure, you know, the Mudgy Shiraz is, is very famous. Um, and, of course, the fact that you do produce, uh, one, one of the few regions in Australia actually produces Semillon, close to, of course, the Hunter Valley. Um, what, other, what other varietals do you think that really are putting Mudgy on the wine map? Well, that's a really pertinent question. There's what we did and there's what we need to do. So what we did is we did what every other region in Australia did. We planted Shiraz and Cabernet and Chardonnay because that's what was available and what we thought the European wine trade wanted. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of smart regions now, a lot of them in Victoria, a lot in South Australia, they're progressing to do climate matching. So what we've, yeah. what we've done is we've, in the last 180 years, we've worked out that the sort of wines that we make are probably in Victoria closest to Heathcote in style. That's because we're, we're continental, we're inland. We've got mm. some elevation, about 500 metres. It's hot in the day and cold at night. So you get exaggerated characters. If you're looking for a, a similarity in Europe, it would be in the middle of, of Spain. Right. Uh, those wines are very aromatic, high alcohol, uh, some strong tannins and long ageing ability. So that, that covers us as being a red wine area. Mm. Our white wines aren't delicate, and that's that's been a barrier to a lot of our acceptance by people who want wines that are fruit-driven, for example. Mm. Our wines are we call red drinkers white wines. So what we're looking at, what we need to look at now is our climate matching. And this is, I guess, the most exciting part of the Australian wine industry is what do we do in the next 50 years? And we need to be aware of that. And the modelling's been done on climate modelling for most of the wine regions of Australia. It's very exciting. So I think the smart people will be looking at how do we adapt the new varieties that will perhaps be in another locality than we are at the present. Sure. And, and what are some of these new varieties that you think that you will be doing? Well, I think we, we'll be looking more southern Mediterranean 
and I know other, a lot of other regions in Australia are doing that as well, and I, I applaud it. The public wants it too. I think, look, for example, I'm planting five varieties this year. One uh, from an incredible nursery, my favourite nursery in the whole world is, is in Mildura, called Chalmers Nurseries. And uh, we've got Pecorino, we've got Ansonica, Vermentino, Nero Davila, Falangina, stuff you can hardly pronounce, but wow, <laughs> stuff is incredible. I love these wines to bits. My wine of choice at the moment. I have to say, you've just um, uh, nailed a few of my favourites. I love a pecorino. You know, yeah. once, you know, a few years ago, I actually thought that was just the name of a cheese. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually work in the industry. <laughs> okay, it was quite a few years ago. But um, I'm like, what a great wine. And again, they're, they're not they're not full on. They're not too in your face. And I know you just mentioned that um, that the white wines that uh, that Mudgee uh, do do are more of the, the red wine drinkers of white wines. But I actually do love your style of Chardonnay. I love that pack-a-punch Chardonnay that, mm. you, that you deliver. I think they're beautiful. Um, um, Butamagoo does a does a lovely one, I think. Um, but uh, but look, uh, so so you you've got some fantastic wines. You've got some flagships. I know that you've been doing very very well. Um, at least Halliday thinks so, uh, achieving ninety six and ninety seven gold points for your uh, for your Riesling and your Shiraz. Now Riesling is not something that Mudgee is so well known for, right? No, well it's on the same latitude as the Clare Valley. So if you go mm. west. You're, you're basically running to Seven Hill. So it's directly west, uh, east of, of Clare Valley. Elevations in the area sit from five, from 400 to about 1,100 metres. So there are some sites that are quite high. And that's where, obviously, where you're going to make a better Riesling. And it, it's not as well known, but it's probably the white wine that, uh, it, probably the white wine in New South Wales that stands out like Canberra. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's closest to a Clarine Valley style than, say, Tasmanian. Yeah, and and they age really well. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many people drink old Riesings now, but they're, they're I'm I'm they're terrific. You do good I on you. Well done. Yeah. I have so. some beautiful uh, 2004 Leasingems down in my cellar. I've got some lovely 2014. Um, or what have I got? Uh, Petalumas. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. But look, right. I do know that we don't have a lot of time, so I won't go too much into reasoning. I'll have to get you another time for that. Um, I thought we might just give uh, Lo a bit of a, a bit of a plug now that things are opening up. You have a great calendar of events coming up. I know you're doing a Christmas Day lunch. You've got New Year's, but you also have, and it's a tab on your website. You've got the Whitlams coming to play in January. I love the Whitlams. Yes. <laughs> Oh, yes, so we had on. Tim Freeman came through a couple of months ago as a solo act, right. and he's doing he's going through Western New South Wales, and he's coming to the winery. We'll play in front of our pavilion. It's a 200, 300-seater pavilion with lawn, so hopefully he'll uh, hopefully we'll get good good response. Tickets are going are on sale now. They're going really well. We'll right. have food. Uh, I'm. We also do this program called the Chapel of Low. It started out being the Tunnel of Low, where we used to have a dinner party in the vineyard under the nets. With 120 people, it was absolute chaos, but it was great fun. <laughs> and but because the weather's irregular, we built this chapel and we have it in the chapel, in sort of in the middle of the vineyard, and we just make stuff up. We just turn up and feed them and drink them, give them food, give them wine and make the rest up. And it's well, I know, very loose. <laughs> I know for a fact that my sister and husband have been there and they've uh, tried to get me along. I just uh, live a little bit too far away to do it easily. But look, um, that's fantastic. So anyone who's going to the Mudgy area, the absolute number one place to go is Low Wine. Go and check out the Zin House restaurant. Check out the beautiful wines that David uh, uh, creates and uh, just go and have a beautiful picnic on the lawn. And, of course, check out all the things that are coming up in 2022. Great. So, look, thank you so much for joining us, David. Sorry we had to keep this short. Um, yeah. 
we've got to stick to our time. So you take care. Have a great Christmas. And I'll see you next year in Mudgee. Great. Lovely to speak to you both. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Uh, David Lowe, David Lowe Wines.